Hola, and welcome to the Beauteous Me podcast, a relatable and authentic space for all. Tune in as we share stories of triumph, resiliency, and healing. We do this all while finding its inner beauty. My name is Jamili Whitfield, and the journey begins now. Hi, guys. Welcome back to another episode of the Beauteous Me podcast. This episode will be airing around almost holiday season. So I hope you guys are staying warm, connected with family, despite all the chaos that's going on in this world. So I wanted to introduce uh, Jesse. Jesse is the mama of two amazing little humans conceived through IVF and the founder and host of This Is My Truth podcast, which I got to listen to and I really enjoy. Congratulations on 50-something episodes. Good job, Jesse. You're welcome. So Jesse spent many years shoving down her emotions around her fertility journey, amongst other things, into a box, and she threw away the key until one day she found the key that changed everything, how she views herself, motherhood, but most importantly, the type of leader she became at home and at work. She has spent the last 13 years at Google effectively leading and coaching sales teams using authenticity, value-based selling, and storytelling to drive impact, revenue for customers, and Google. Her mission is to create community and connection through sharing personal stories to empower others to step into their own light, reclaim their vulnerability, and drive greater impact. Thank you so much, Jesse. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited. So can you share a little bit about your story? You have so many experiences that you've had, especially um, with IVF. And why did your story inspire you to have people step into their light? That's a great question. So for me, my story begins about six years ago. And my husband and I, you know, we decided we wanted to have a family and we never thought we would go down the path that we went down. And we ultimately had to um, go down the journey of IVF. And we eventually got pregnant after many canceled cycles, many ups and downs. And we were we became pregnant with twins. And obviously we knew that was a possibility, but you know, when you see the the two embryos on the sonogram, you're like, oh boy. Um, and so we were ecstatic. We were super excited. And uh, a little into my second trimester, we found out that there was something severely wrong with our son. And ultimately, we had to make a decision. Mm -hmm. And it was one of the hardest times of my life. I I think that's like even an understatement. Um, But in order to save my life and my oldest daughter's life, we um, made a decision to, to move forward with the pregnancy that way. And to deal with it, I didn't deal with it. I just shoved it down. In fact, I was on a plane, um, for work 72 hours later and fast forward another year. And I was pregnant again through IVF with my second daughter. And I just put one foot in front of another. And to say that I sort of you know, was a shell of myself is, is an accurate sort of representation. I just did what I had to do to keep pushing on. And it wasn't until one moment about two years ago at 6.03 in the morning, my husband looked at me. I was brushing my teeth. I'll never forget this. I have my electric toothbrush in my hand. And mm-hmm. he just said, are you happy? 
And I looked at him and no, just blurted out. And it scared him. It scared me. But it was the first time, I think in a really long time, I was really honest with myself. And that started my journey of growth and getting help. And in that process, I had to deal with and grieve and work through my journey to becoming a mom, the loss of our son, Clark. And in that, as I started to share my story more openly, so many people told me, me too. And it wasn't that they'd also gone through IVF or had been through other um, fertility journeys. It was that there was pieces of my story they resonated with. And that was my light bulb moment where I realized we all have moments where we're alone or feel alone and isolated. And I wanted to create a platform to create community and connection through sharing personal stories. Jesse, thank you so much for your vulnerability and sharing that. Um, when you told your husband, no, um, was it focused on just everything you weren't happy with because you didn't grieve the loss of your son or was it because, well, twofold, not grieving the, the loss of your son, but c having the expectation that you had to keep moving forward because you were blessed with a child already? I think it was all of that. I think that, you know, for so long, I like to say I lived my life by labels. I was, you know, I, I've worked at Google the last 13 years. So I was a Googler and then I was a wife and then I was a mom. Well, then I was someone who struggled through infertility and then I was a mom. And I think throughout that, I lost who Jesse was. I put everyone else mm. first and not myself. And I think so often in modern day motherhood, that is seen as standard. And I bought it hook, line, and sinker. And so when I said no, it was sort of my path. Like I didn't even realize I was on this path of just putting one foot in front of the other. I remembered saying to someone, I just want to feel again, like the good, the bad, and the ugly. I'd spent so long just shoving down my emotions and compartmentalizing, and it served me well, you know, looking at outwards, inward, like looking outside, no one would have known that I wasn't happy, um, but I wasn't. So you share in your story that, you know, you weren't happy. You stepped into your light. What was that like? What was your, your stepping into your light journey? It was both empowering and terrifying at the same time. And I think anyone who has, you know, stood up to the metaphorical microphone and shared a piece of them and, you know, took off their mask for, for a moment. Um, it, you know, once you're on the other side of that, there is such empowerment. And I like to think of it as up until that point, I, other people were telling my truth for me. They were owning my narrative. They were owning my story. And it wasn't until that moment where I stepped into the light. I owned my story. I told my truth. And it was terrifying. Let's be really honest about that. But it was also really empowering. What did the journey look like for you? 
Because when sometimes, you know, we're purging emotions, you know, you have your ebbs and flows and what I call it's like rehab, you know, it's when, when you've lived with certain emotions for such a long time, purging them feels uncomfortable because you, you got used to kind of that box, if you will, that you mentioned where you threw away the key, where now you got to kind of open it and unpack it. And you're like, I, I I don't even know if I like this. <laughs> I don't even know if I want to even open up that box or take out that paper or that piece of luggage. 100%, right? It's this, I mean, for me, it was my protective armor that I had put on for so long and it was so thick. And I mean, the process, you know, I, I went to therapy again. Um, my husband and I started going to couples therapy. I um, started working with with a coach and really thinking about what do I want my life to look like? Um, but you know, it's a journey. There's ebbs and flows to all of that. Even though I'm a year and a half into sort of my growth journey, I still find, you know, plenty of times where I'm sort of in the downward spiral. And the story that I tell myself is I can do it all myself. Like I don't need anybody else's help. I, I can hunker down and do this. And to me, when I catch myself in that mode, one, I can catch myself a lot faster than in, you know, you know, Jesse 2019. But two, it's my trigger of, okay, like I need to change something. I either need to um, start journaling or meditating or exercising or just asking for whatever I need in that moment and getting quiet with myself and asking like, what do I need? And so I don't want people, you know, your listeners to think that like I did this and I'm cured and I have these big emotions all the time. It, it is a constant for me. It is a constant sort of battle with myself of, you know, allowing myself to feel those emotions. Um, and it's, there's some days that I'm better at it and some days that I'm not. Thank you for sharing that. You know, I, a lot of women don't talk about IVF, you know, some are comfortable speaking about it and some aren't because the expectations that society has put on women is that, you know, you have the organs to conceive a child and bear a child. And, you know, men should be the ones to ensure that a woman <laughs> produces children. And so we're like seeing this factory machine. So when this machine is not working, it's like, how could you, you're, it's automatic. You were born with this, you have to. And so shame comes with it, shame and vulnerability. And so can you share a little bit about that journey in your husband and you, you know, having this expectation, like, yeah, we could do it just as normally and naturally like everyone else. And then having to move into IVF. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're spot on. There was so much shame and guilt around just the journey itself. And then ultimately when we became pregnant and, and that journey of, of the decisions that we had to make. And so, you know, one, if, if someone listening has experience in fertility or is on that journey themselves, it is such a unique journey and your own experience. And then when you think about it as a couple, it's two individual journeys and stories coming together. And, I think that, so first and foremost, I'm not particularly religious, but 
I would be lying if I did not like the story that I was telling myself was like, I'm a woman. This is like what I'm supposed to do. Like the one thing I'm put on this earth for it. And again, like this wasn't coming from like a religious perspective. It was coming like culturally. Um, yeah. And that was really hard for me to, to, to work through. And my husband and I have had subsequent conversations and there's actually an episode where, um, he comes on and gives his perspective of our journey. Um, and, there's, I think for the male perspective, you know, and what he says in our conversation is there, there's even, it's a double-edged sword, right? Like on the male side, like you can't talk about it and it's not like socially acceptable. And so when you're a partner experiencing that, and let's be honest, there's lots of ways to have a family. And so, you know, if you're, whoever your partner is, male or female, right? If you're not the one sort of shoving yourself with shots and pumping yourself with hormones, your journey is your own journey. And I think that there's, um, even more of a stigma around that side of things. And it's not often talked about enough. Yeah, it, it really isn't. I think because a lot of people see it also as a private journey. Um, but I think you opening up a community and hearing that other people say, well, me too, I've experienced this. This is what, you know, I'm going through the, the questions that other people ask as well. Once you start sharing your story, well, what, what happened is, is it your husband? Is it you? You know, a lot of like personal things where people, <laughs> yeah. people have no filters or boundaries, but you know, things to continue to add to the shame or feeling uncomfortable. And so I'm so happy that you're, you're able to share light and shed light into this journey and that it's okay to choose whatever it is that you and your partner decide to choose in order to bring a child into this world. And I think what you hit on is so important. The journey is, is your own. And if you're not comfortable talking about it, that is totally fine. For me, this was my part of my healing process was the ability to work through and then start to talk about it. But I have talked to numerous friends who are going through their own experiences right now. And they're like, I'm just not ready to talk about it. I'm like, that's obviously that's where you're at. And maybe you're never comfortable talking about it. And that's totally fine. But I'm hopeful that for those who are, are comfortable talking about it, um, when you are sitting and, you know, giving yourself what feels like the hundredth shot of progesterone and you're getting the welts and that you can, at least there are, there are stories out there that you can listen to or, um, the internet, as much as I don't love it, sometimes there is a wealth, you know, there is, there are communities out there where you can get support, even if you're just listening and not participating. Yes. Yes. So Jesse, what three advices, if you will, can you give listeners who are going through an IVF journey, who want to step into their light um, and being able to go through this experience? That's one. And also to know that there's a community out there to support them. Yeah, that's such a really good question. I think that so first and foremost, there's support out there if you want it. And even if it's, you know, I, when I was going through IVF, um, I didn't want to participate in any of the Facebook groups. I didn't want to participate in any of the Instagram, but 
And I didn't have any close friends that were had experienced something like this before. But I opened up to one friend who was able to connect me with someone else. And so um, asking for help or asking for what you need, whatever that looks like for you, there are people willing to help you. You just need to voice it. And that was really hard for me to acknowledge and wrap my head around because I'd spent so long, you know, operating in this world of I've got this, I can, I can do this all myself, but surrounding yourself with community, even if it's one other person that you can just text with or, um, commiserate with or laugh with is really, was really helpful for me. I also think as you're going through the fertility journey yourself, for me, my experience, my clinic is in Chicago, which is where I'm based. Um, and what I realized is it sort of felt like, this is going to sound ridiculous, but it sort of felt like cattle herding, right? There was like a room for your sonogram. There was a room for your blood work. There was a, then you'd see the doctor and it, you'd look around at all these women and you were like, oh my gosh, like we're all going through the same thing. Um, And so I sort of felt like the process was told to me versus me asking a lot of questions, feeling like I had control of the situation. And when something didn't feel right, like speaking up. I was pretty silent throughout my journey. And, you know, if we decide to, we have one embryo left, if we decide to go through this journey again, now on the other side of two journeys and becoming more comfortable being vocal, I would, um, you know, the advice I would give myself when I first started this in 2015 would be to speak up, ask questions. If you're not feeling comfortable, um, use your voice. And then the last piece is just, you know, have compassion for yourself. This is not easy and there will be ups and downs and, and that's part of the unfortunate process of all of this. And just have some self compassion and do whatever it is that you need to do on any given day for you. I love it. I love it. I mean, it, it's this is the purpose of this podcast is to bring a community together to understand that we all have a healing journey where we want to move into resiliency. And I thank you so much for your vulnerability and sharing your story, sharing your story all the time in your podcast with guests, with anyone. Um, and because this is such a private matter, but there are people who, as you've mentioned, you know, say me too, I experienced that. And so what we want is to make sure that people feel connected and feel that they can get the resources that they need. And I'm so grateful that you spent this time, you know, sharing your story, sharing your light and how you entered into your light. (laughs) Well, I am grateful. I, I, when we first connected, I told you this, I love what you're doing with your community because I think there are so many moments, right, where we have all felt like, and let's be honest, all of our experiences are very much our own, but mm-hmm. I guarantee that if you are able to share with one other person, to me, that is where true authentic connections come from. And I hope that by hearing different perspectives, it allows for people to have some empathy 
And I think that we all need a little bit more empathy in the world right now. Um, so I love what you're doing too. Thank you so much, Jesse. So where can people find you? I know where I can find you, but let the listeners know where they can find you and your podcast. <laughs> yes, you can find me. Um, the easiest is probably on the podcast, which is This Is My Truth. And it's available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all of the major podcast platforms. Or you can go to my website at www.jesse, that's J-E-S-S-I, Sherleff, S-H-U-R-A-L-E-F-F, com, or you can find me on Instagram at this is my truth podcast. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jesse, for spending this time with me and for the listeners and guys, if you want more information on IVFs, you know, since she works for Google, go Google it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much. (laughs) Take care. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. I hope this episode fed your soul. Please be sure to download new episodes. You can also head on over to rate, review, and subscribe. For more updates, find us at www.iambeauteousme.com or on Instagram at iambeauteousme. Don't forget to use the hashtag beauteousmepodcast for your feedback.